Hello, I'm your host, Kathy Chester, and welcome to the Move It or Lose It podcast, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, and soul. The Move It or Lose It podcast is for information, awareness, and inspirational purposes only. I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. So please consult with your doctor before making any medical decisions. The views expressed by advertisers, guests, or contributors are their opinions and not necessarily the views of the Move It or Lose It podcast. Hi, so we are getting into TikTok world. And tonight I have Paige Butis. Thank you for coming on with us tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So a lot of it came up with, as I have been forced to get on TikTok with my marketing girl who made a great decision that she was like, just try it. And I'm like, I don't want to dance on TikTok. And she was like, it's not bad. And I'm like, no, it is. I've danced on TikTok and I'm not doing it again. And so she really challenged me just to look into it, look into like the MS stuff. I'm like, I've never seen MS stuff. And so I started to dive into it. And I was so pleasantly surprised to find so many different MS rooms, MS people on there. And you were, I think, one of the first people I saw. And I was like, first off, whoa, whoa, your hair. Like, I was like, dang, could I get away with that? So you impressed me right away. And the stuff that you said about MS, your views about it. I was just very impressed with the way that you talked about MS, your knowledge. I was like, are we on TikTok? Because this girl knows a lot. So <laughs> it just, you really sold me immediately about TikTok being something that we could actually be this support group on it and actually learn a lot on TikTok. So thank you for that. Because it really was something that I learned that was just really cool. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> I appreciate Absolutely. that. So for the listeners who don't know you, don't really get TikTok, think it's something that's crazy. I want to know, I want them to know you. So talk to us about life before diagnosis, before MS being a part of the gang ever came into your world. Okay. Well, before... MS plagued me. My life centered around endurance sports. So running, cycling, swimming, basically anything fitness related, um, healthy lifestyle, anything I could do to push my body beyond its limits and physical challenges. That was just my thing. I, I've done several marathons. I've lost count how many half marathons, uh, yeah, I knew that I liked you. I knew that there was a yeah. reason I liked you a lot. <laughs> knew you were very common. And, uh, I've also done a couple of Ironman triathlons too. Oh, so wow. Look at you. I've not done that. <laughs> so yeah, very, very active. Um, just at the peak of my fitness, um, in 2016 and 2017, um, I was ranked as one of the top females in the state of Utah in wow. triathlon, in triathlon sport. So yeah, um, in 2018, when MS hit me 
and I had my first relapse, it grounded me completely. I went from an activity level way up here to nothing, just completely grounded. And uh, that really took a hit on me. (laughs) And so, yeah, but um, especially when you're so active, it's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, it, um, I did not handle it very well at all. (laughs) And it was such a shock because I uh, had a really bad headache one night. Um, It felt like just an ice pick being stuck into my head. And woke up the next morning and I had a numb spot on my head about that big. And it was just numb and the headache was still there. So I just kind of figured, okay, maybe it's part of the headache. You know, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But after a few days, it had spread down the entire right side of my face. And so everything was numb on the right side. My eyelids, inside of my nose, inside of my mouth, half my tongue was numb, half my gums were numb and I still ignored it (laughs) just because you know when you're extremely healthy and you're at a fitness level as to where I was you get this mentality that nothing can take you down right and so I just decided okay whatever this is I'm just gonna power through it right um after about a week I started experiencing dizziness and auditory hallucinations. So I have like a wobbling noise in my ear. And the dizziness is when my coworkers and my boss really started to get concerned. Uh, they thought I was having a stroke. Wow. And so they all convinced me, you need to go to the ER. And where I worked at the time, we are I was literally right across the street from the hospital. Okay. <laughs> so, so there was no excuse. You had to go. I had to go. Yeah. And if I still would have said no, more than likely they would have been calling my husband and they, he probably would have dragged me to the ER. So, but, uh, in the ER, I gave him my symptoms and I specifically requested an MRI. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I said, I, I don't know what's going on. I've got this numbness and everything. And they agreed, you know, they didn't, uh, contest or anything. Mm -hmm. They did try to give me a migraine cocktail, which really didn't do anything for this headache, but they did the MRI and then they just released me um, because there really wasn't anything they could do. They ruled out anything life-threatening at that point. They they did say that it was not a stroke, but they did see something, but they needed to have a radiologist review it or whatever. But I got a call the next day from the emergency room. And they told me, we, we need you to come back in to do another MRI with contrast. Why didn't they just keep you overnight? Is what I'm wondering. Well, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But who, who knows? But, uh, so I went back in, did the other MRI. I later read the report and it specifically said, cannot rule out a demyelinating disease such as multiple sclerosis. And I was shocked. You could you have pushed me was. over. I had no idea. All I knew is Montel Williams had it. <laughs> That's about all I knew. I, I knew nothing about multiple sclerosis, but I knew it was serious. I knew it was chronic, yeah. but that's about, that's about all I knew about it. Yeah. Oh, 
and my parents neighbor had MS. Okay. She was in a wheelchair. So, you know, so immediately I'm just like, oh my gosh. It is scary when you don't know, and then you connect like people, you, you know, okay, well they had it. And you're like, well, that's terrible because they were in wheelchairs. So why do I have to know about them? Like, tell me someone else that's doing really great. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, total complete shock considering what, where my lifestyle was at that time. So like, it, it was a total shock, but, um, they didn't diagnose me that really? at that time, though, because, I mean, they referred me to a neurologist and the neuro ordered a spinal tap and more um, MRIs and everything. Who doesn't want those? Yeah. So, but. Uh, so what was the reason for? Was it they didn't feel there were multiple lesions or what? what? Okay. Yeah, there were multiple lesions. I have a cluster of them uh, okay. back here. And I had nine O-bands, but um, he kept saying that there's still a chance all of this has been due to stress, his exact words. And at that time, you wouldn't know, no. And I've never had to deal with doctors before. So I had no idea how gaslighty that sounded. Right. Exactly. So I took him serious. and. I just focused on um, trying to, you know, recover from everything I was experiencing. Um, The headaches was the worst. That was the worst part of it because the pain, I mean, the pain was there day in, day out for months on end. Yeah. I ended up spiraling down into some pretty severe depression that year just because the lack of activity, the pain. The, the day in day out pain. And we'll just say I really started to grow a really big compassion for other people that had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, that is something that's so true. We do grow that because yeah. you don't, like you said, when you are healthy, like I was the same healthy, my whole life, very into sports and you take it for granted, right? Like I'm strong, I'm always going to be healthy. What's my next challenge? What am I going to do next? And then all of a sudden you're sick and you're like, wow, this is what it's like to be sick. And you start thinking of that. Yeah. Well, it was, it was very humbling too, because my mentality was a very stereotypical mentality of someone that's very athletic and very healthy. My answer to everything was get up, move, exercise, go, go, just, just do it. You know, I mean, don't, don't, if you're depressed, get up and move, you know, I mean, that, that was my answer to everything. And so I, I hate to admit it, but I was that kind of person that would roll my eyes at people who say that they're so depressed, they can't even get out of bed for three days. I would just be like, oh, come on, you know? And when, when I was actually experiencing that and going through that and realizing and learning, this is real, this is real, you know, this, this is debilitating. Oh, for sure. I I remember those same things. I, everything was very black and white and I was like, well, 
start doing something and you won't feel so bad. And then I, I'm with you. It gives you an ability to have empathy that I don't feel like I ever had as much as I did, you know, having this disease and watching people and not really, I would say understanding depression like I did after, after having this disease understanding anxiety and those kind of things. I would feel like snap out of it. Come on. Because when you're busy and you're moving, you don't experience that as much, but having going through this, it really gives you the ability to have compassion and empathize with others. You know, even having the podcast move or lose it, it was a lot of misunderstanding what that meant And then them coming and meeting me and doing the podcast and realizing, oh, she's not like move, move, move. It was a much different philosophy than, you know, get up and move and do burpees. It was moving emotions, moving your body in a good way and not get up, give me 50 burpees. It's a much different idea. So absolutely, it's, um, (laughs) it's a beautiful thing when you're able to have that compassion. Talk to me about how did life change when you were able to start? Well, first off, what was the medication they put you on first? Well, so in 2018, when everything started, um, I chose not to start medication, even though I wasn't officially diagnosed. Mm-hmm. The neurologist was saying we we can still put you on a lower efficacy. And I'm just like, if you're not going to diagnose me with it, I'm not going to take medication for it. Forget it, you know? Right. But uh, four years later, in 2022, last year, I had two relapses within okay. four months. Yeah. And it was after that second relapse last year when I finally decided, okay, I'll start medication. Because uh, my first relapse I had last year, I still did not want to start medication because I figure, you know, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I eat, I eat clean. If I have a relapse every couple of years, that's like this, I'll be fine. And then four months later, I had another relapse, made my leg go numb. Mm. And that one really scared me. That one, that one scared me as much as my first relapse did. And that basically made me wise up and realize I better go on medication, (laughs) but I still went with the Copaxin. Okay. So the self-injection just simply because it, my choice was I wanted to aid on the side of caution. Yeah. Um, Copaxin has a ton of data on it. It's been around the longest. It may not be the strongest, right? but it has the most amount of data and uh, the least amount of side effects. And And it's your choice. And it was, that was my choice. Yeah. I don't push that on anybody. And if my MS, as far as the relapses are concerned, if my MS was more aggressive, I probably would choose something more, um, a stronger medication. Which is very smart. Mine happens to be, so I don't get to go back to those. But like you, I'll have a lot of people because I'm out in the open and they see the podcasts and they're working out and they're like, should we not go on it? I get to ask that a lot. And I'm like, just because I'm not doing well on it doesn't mean you won't do amazing on it. 
So you can't, you can't take how someone else is doing and make that how you'll do. So don't take how I'm doing because it just isn't working for me, but you may do, you may be a rock star on it. It's just not doing well for me. Just like you're saying, like the Copaxin's working for you. Others may feel like this is not working. So it just is your body. It's how you're taking the drug. Yeah. And I think a lot, I think everybody in, uh, in the MS TikTok community, the, the ones that we um, interact with the most, they, I think all of them do very well as far as honoring that yes. choice and the wishes of other people. Mm-hmm. I have never seen anybody try to push a specific medication on someone else. Now I do Agreed. see people pushing to not go on medication at all. But I definitely <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, everybody gets to choose on their own. Like I definitely, Don't there's a the big push to not see a neurologist. Don't go on medication. I'm like, Whoa, easy, easy. You know, as much as I have fallen in love with TikTok and doing the things that we can and meeting the people we meet, we always have to understand there's there's good in social media and there's negative. And we can say that about Facebook, Instagram, on um, any of that. And so you've got to you've got to take the good and know that there's safe spots. But you know what I appreciate is when I go live, I always have someone that's looking out for me so that because I I you know this is newer to me, if there's people stalking or doing crazy things, I always have someone that's there to let me know that that's don't, don't add that person on, you know, cause I don't know. I'm like, okay, we'll add that person. And, you know, I'll have someone looking out and say no. And so I appreciate that because, you know, it, it is a bit, and I want to make sure that when I'm talking about important topics with MS, that someone doesn't come on that's just, you know, gone a little bit bonkers and they don't even have the disease. So it it is something that I think is really important. And I love when you do, when you talk about MS, um, when you come on, because I think it's always really valid and you're talking about either a situation that happened to you with your doctor or, you know, just something that's very valid and very informative for people with MS, especially I love things that you do with, with a lot of newly diagnosed. And I think that's so important that a lot of the things that I hear are so good. And I will turn a lot of people over to that because a lot of what I do, I happens to be with newly diagnosed and they're like, I don't even understand what I have. Like we were, I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know if there's even any person that would even understand what I have. And I'm like, oh, girlfriend, a lot. Are you battling a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis and know it's time to add exercise program and movement to your body in order for you to have the best health and independence for you? I am so excited to announce the launch of my new program, Damn It, a disrupt, move and transform program for us autoimmune warriors with a trainer who really gets it, me. You can participate in either virtual one-on-one training, virtual group training, or both. To find out more on how you or loved one can benefit from this training, email me, msdisrupted at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook or Instagram at msdisrupted.
Look at the website, msdisrupted.com. Take a look. Can't wait to see your face. So how long was it after Copaxin? And I know there was time in between, but when were you able to start exercising again? My first relapse in 2018, it took me a good nine months to a year to recover from that. After about, I'd say six months or so, I did try to start running again, but it was more of a walk. I got you, though. Because <laughs> Just because, I mean, I was still battling fatigue. I was tired all the time. I was sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night, and that went on a good six to nine months or so. So I was just always tired. But I was still very anxious and really wanted to get back into some kind of activity. And so I think it was about nine months when I finally did start running a little bit again, you know, just shorter distances, a mile, mile, two miles here and there. But I, I learned very quickly that I couldn't push myself anymore. I couldn't push my body. I couldn't get my heart rate up too high because the first thing that the headaches would just start to initiate. And I, I, so I had to learn to pace myself basically. And so that's when I started realizing, okay, if I'm going to become active again, my goals need to change. My goals are no longer, I want to hit that PR, you know, I want to get faster. I want to go harder and everything I had. How hard was that? Uh, <laughs> I having gone possibly. through this. Yeah. Yeah. I kept going around a park yeah. that was a loop and I would fall, cry go around again, fall, cry, go around, kept falling, crying. I will master it. Bloody knees. And the people that I would run with were like, we can bubble wrap you. I'm like, fine, do it. So I was like, I don't care. I'm not stopping. Yeah. I just kept trying and trying and trying. And I think probably by about 20, 2020, I was starting to do half marathons again. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, and so I was able to do a couple of half marathons, but not nearly at the speed that I had pre MS. And then I was able to at least build my confidence enough to say, okay, I want to do a marathon again, but I am not going to set a goal for a time. Cause that, that I knew that if I tried to do that, then I was just going to completely destroy myself. So I started marathon training and just did a very slow for me yeah. anyway. And I was able to do that. I wow. was able to run a marathon in 2021 and I did it with my brother, which was awesome. Oh, wow. So, but it was just great because neither one of us had a goal. Yeah. And so we just stayed together the whole time and we, we'd run, we'd walk up the hills and yeah. we'd run down the hills and just, just kept it easy. And I was able to do it. Paige, I'm so proud of you. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> That's so neat. I mean, as the runner, I know that I can't do that. I'm trying to get to five miles. I'm like, I can, I can. 
And it's hard, you know, to lose that. I know that I can't do a half. And I it was my, it's my, my heart's desire to do one more half. And because I fell so many times on the last half I did in 2017. And like, I want one more half because the one I did was here and I wanted to do it in like Toronto or somewhere like outside if you're in California, something I've, I've never done before outside. So I'm like, just one more. So <laughs> it's my goal, but that's so awesome. I'm so excited you got to do that. That must've been exhilarating for you. It was, it definitely was. And um, it made me believe that I could really accomplish anything. And now granted, by this time, I had convinced myself that MS was just a fluke. Mm -hmm. I had only had that one relapse. And by that time, it had been three, almost four years. Okay. And I convinced myself MS was gone. And 2021 was a very good year for me. I did yeah. several races. I did that marathon. Wow. And so my confidence was really, really nice. high by the end of 2021. I mean, you don't know a ton about it. You were feeling great. So why would you think anything else? Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast where you can, again, find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day. Hey.